Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you rest in the knowledge that you are enough. This week's guest is Haley Rogers, who is a mental health advocate and author, and she is also a student at Queen's University in Ontario, Canada. I really loved talking with Haley and was really inspired by our conversation. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, yeah, anyways, well, thank you so much for having me. I am a fourth-year commerce student from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. I actually grew up in a small town just outside of Kingston. It's called Westport. There's only like 600 people, so it's more so a village than anything. So prior to my university experience, like I was kind of lived a sheltered life. I've been, I'm, I'm fortunate to have lived a privileged life. I really love my family. They've done so much for me, but I was not aware of various issues in the world just because of how small my hometown was. But when I came to university, I had realized that there's so many different social issues out there and one of them that I gravitated towards was mental health it was something that I had struggled with severely in high school I was just never open about it there was a lot of stigma around it I didn't even realize like mental health was the term that I was struggling with it was just something like why do I feel this way all the time so when I came to Queen's I obviously I came in with a high high average and I struggled a lot with um, achieving high grades so I kind of like lost myself. I didn't know how to fit in. I wasn't sure if I should go into finance, accounting, marketing or whatnot. But I realized, you know, like a lot of the time people go into these fields and it just didn't really seem like something that was really for me. And so throughout my time at Queen's, I ended up getting involved in a mental health organization. It's called Step Above Stigma. And basically what we do is we sell these really cute socks and with Step Above Stigma on them just as a way to promote mental health awareness and advocacy work. So with that being said, we raise money and we do a lot of advocacy and it's honestly changed my life in so many amazing ways. And throughout as well, I was able to write a self-help book uh, geared towards young adults and basically aims to inspire you to live an authentic life because again, with mental health, a lot of people are afraid of showing their authentic selves. And I think that that really, really impacts a person's well-being. So that's kind of why I wrote that. And now today, after embarking on those two incredible journeys, I am now um, wanting to be an entrepreneur. I want to start a youth life coaching company to help younger people like myself, like the girl I was in high school, to be able to realize that their authentic self is their best self and they don't need to be anyone else but who they are. And yeah, it's kind of where I am at right now, but there's a lot more to it, but that's just kind of like I skimmed the surface there. (laughs) Definitely. That was a great introduction, and I am so excited to be talking with you today. I think it's really interesting that you mentioned the transition from high school to college and how difficult that was and can be for people, because I do think that it's such an important and sometimes tough step in people's lives. I'd love for you to tell me more about the challenges and the experiences you've had that led you to want to advocate and raise awareness about mental health. What made you want to do this work in the first place? 
Yeah, for sure. I guess this would kind of go back to when I was a teenager. It began kind of when I was 12. I struggled with my mental health severely from that point on. There was a lot of other external influences that that shaped my mental health. So I grew up, again, in a very privileged family. Like, I love my family to death. But unfortunately, at the time, there was an individual in my family who sexually harassed and emotionally abused me growing up. And it was something that I really, really didn't understand at the time. And I didn't really understand why I felt the way I did, why I was so socially anxious, why I was having insomnia, why I was depressed all the time, why I couldn't really make any friends. It was very much something that I didn't really come to terms with until I was in university. And so those experiences kind of unfolded in first year of university, right before I started getting involved in advocacy work. So at the, in my first year of university, I struggled a lot. I Around Christmas time, I had lost my first relationship with somebody who was really important to me. I um, struggled academically. So academics were kind of like my outlet in high school to kind of like block out all that noise that I was feeling inside my head. And so then also that person in my family was no longer going to be in my life. It was just, it was kind of like he was out of the picture. So all these things were kind of like chaotic all at once. It was very much something that I didn't really understand what was going on. Honestly, I just was a mess. I ended up going back into therapy and I'd been in therapy in high school, but like I didn't really click with any of my therapists. And I think that that's really something that needs to be emphasized that when you go to therapy, sometimes it just doesn't work, but there's therapists out there that you will be able to click with. And this one I was fortunate to be able to click with. Um, She just understood me. She saw me for who I am. And that being said, like we dove into the really deep, rooted traumas that I did not see ever in my life, like ever until she actually like said, you know, this is, I think what's going on here. And then everything started to make sense. But when things make sense like that, it's a lot to come to terms with. So I became a very angry person. I was not the best person to be around. I lived at the house that year where like, I don't think I was the best housemate in the entire world to be living with. It wasn't like I was a monster or anything, but I just was pessimistic. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to be alone in my room and do work all the time. And so at the same time as that was happening, I got involved in that nonprofit I was a part of. I needed something that I could kind of engage in a community with where I felt understood and where I could advocate for something bigger than myself. And so Step Up Stigma has healed my life in so many ways. This community, I like, I can't even express the words with how much they have helped me. And like, it's so like, it's so subconscious in how they've helped me, but I've really reflected, especially during the pandemic, like how much they've shaped my life, these people. So that really helped me heal and become a better housemate. But um, I, yeah, it was just something that really changed my life. Advocacy work has really, really changed my life. And at that that point, halfway through my second year, um, where I really, really hit trauma, like, like I was really in a bad mental place, being a part of SAS, starting writing my book, and just, you know, really understanding that I will be okay and I will be successful despite my adversities really allowed me to get to the where I am today. Today, I'm a very happy person. Um, Even with the pandemic, I can say that I'm a lot more grounded in gratitude than I ever have been in my life. 
I'm still part of Step Up Sigma. I'm fortunate to be in a leadership role this year. Um, I'm the co-president and I oversee a team of, I think, 35 plus executive members and 100 plus volunteers. All of them are incredible. They literally inspire me every day. And that's kind of why after university, I still kind of want to be involved with SAS. But at the same time, I want to do something even bigger. I want to start something that can actually really, really help young people. I want to help that girl who struggles in high school with all these various things happening to her. Um, and I also want to be able to help other people with different experiences with different lenses in the world and just, you know, make that positive difference because I don't know where I would have been without mental health advocacy work, without my therapists, without my coaches, without my family cheering me on. And I just want to be able to be that support system that everyone was for me. Thank you so much for opening up about your story with me. And I'm so glad to hear that you have that strong support network now. I think therapy can still sometimes be a taboo topic for people to talk about. And I'd love to get your perspective about maybe why it's so important to go to therapy. Yeah, for sure. So I, I kind of want to talk about two things here, therapy and coaching, because they're different, but they help in both ways. But first off, I like to talk about therapy in the way that you it's really hard to be self-aware. Like self-awareness is like one of the hardest qualities to adopt. I'd like to say that I'm highly self-aware, but I'm not perfect at it. So the reason why therapy is so, so, so important is because sometimes we need that objective lens. We all have blind spots. There's things we just can't see and we keep hitting the wrong things in our lives and we just can't see it. We're like, what are we backing into? Why is my car damaged? Like, so when we have that objective lens, it can allow us to see the things that are inhibiting us from being who we are and who we want to be in this world. So that is why I think therapy is so essential because with therapy, it allowed me to understand why my past trauma was affecting my present so much. That is why I think everyone at least at one point in their lives should go to therapy. Even if you don't even think it's like fully necessary, like even if you feel kind of healthy, having that objective lens from a professional who knows how to actually identify those things is so helpful. Like mine, like, again, like I didn't know like the things that were going on in high school, what was happening to me until I started talking to my therapist about it. So that's therapy. It helps you understand your past so you can understand why you are the way you are in your present. However, my coaching experience this past summer with fan of my coaching was transformational. Um, they allowed me to take my present, look at my past a little bit, but really take my present, my current state of being, so that I could change my thinking patterns so that way I could create the outcomes in my future that I want. It really dove into my current thinking patterns rather than focusing on those past events so that way we could change those thinking, thinking patterns so that I could change my reality. Like your thoughts create your reality. Like everything that you do is a function of your thinking. So that is why I recommend both therapy and coaching. And at the end of the day, like I understand there is a stigma around mental illness and mental health for various reasons. Like people have crazy thoughts around mental health, which doesn't make any sense in my head. But at the same time, like I don't understand why there is a stigma around particularly therapy because it's just having a conversation with a person who can help you. Like I don't really understand why people have stigmatized therapy. It really is just having a good, meaningful conversation that can allow you to like 
explore so much of who you are and like how you can heal and how you can get better so if you can kind of view it as a way of just saying yeah I'm just having a conversation with my good friend over here like it's it's just that's how I've kind of viewed therapy and I'm very open about having gone to therapy and it's reassuring to me too that so many people online as well are so much more open about therapy because it's really normalizing. Yeah, I am granting myself permission to have a really meaningful conversation that requires a lot of work from me and from my therapist to help me get to the place where I deserve to be. So that's why I would recommend therapy and also coaching as well. I love that idea of just having a conversation with a friend. I think that's It's such a great point and a great way to normalize therapy. So I'm sure that through your work, you've heard some great advice from people in your life. Are there any words of wisdom that have really stuck with you and that you think about a lot? Oh, yeah. Uh, Immediately, I think of this conversation I had with my coach this past summer. Um, Her and I have conversations all the time still. Like, she's no longer, like, my, like, coach coach in, like, monetary sense, but she still will be forever be my coach. But when I first started coaching, I told her all the work that I was doing. I like, I'm currently co-president of Stamp Stigma. I'm the digital marketer for another club. I'm currently working on my next book. I'm doing a podcast. I'm working on a job. I'm doing social media for these three companies. And the list was going on. And she was like, holy crap. That sounds like a lot of passion there, but that sounds like a crap ton of work. And I never really had anyone call me out on that before. And it was definitely something I was kind of like, oh, I thought I was just like kind of like supposed to do all this all at once. And what she said to me was rest in the knowledge that you are enough. And those words will forever be ingrained in my mind. Like if I could get a tattoo, which I'm full on considering, like I would literally put those words on my body because I think I've been so caught up in trying to be somebody for the future. I am a very future-oriented person just from wanting to be an entrepreneur, from pursuing all these projects. Obviously, there's an end result that I'm working towards. But being present and allowing myself to rest has been neglected pretty much since high school began. I have been like obsessed with doing exceptionally well and doing lots and proving myself to the world that I am capable and that I'm worthy of love. That's been something that like, I don't really talk about very much, but when she said those words to me, it has made me realize, you know what? Resting is equally, if not more productive than all the work that I'm doing. And I am more than enough, whether or not I'm doing these projects. So I have embodied those words since she has coached me it's something that I'm still working on. It's not like I'm like, okay, yeah, I can just totally rest now. I'm going to just put off all these projects. I still am doing them, but I'm taking more time out of my day to rest and to be present than I am to work towards these projects. So those are the words that really stuck with me. I love that. I think that is so great. Kind of along those lines, what do you do when you need to de-stress or you need some time for yourself? What are kind of your go-to outlets for self-care? Yeah, mine like are a little weird. So I, okay, this is going to like, I'm all about like being proactive for the environment stuff, but I really like driving. Like I try not to waste a lot of fuel because it's really important to be mindful of that. But 
I like to go for like a 10 to 15 minute drive with the music fully cranked. I find that I am someone who doesn't like not having like actual noise in terms of like thinking and stuff. So I can't really meditate, but I found my own meditation method. So driving for like 15 or 10, 15 minutes with the music fully blast, um, it allows me to really, really decompress. And because you're, when you're driving, you have to be fully focused. You're only focused on driving. You're not focused on any of the other crap that's going on in your life or your anxieties, your fears. You're just focused on the road. So I do that often. Um, I'm trying to change that. So it's just walking. I really like driving because like, I like playing music really, really loud, but I am trying to convert to just walking around like a normal person would. Um, but I also invest a lot of time in exercising. Um, I used to think exercising was meant to look a certain way when in reality it's meant to feel a certain way. Again, in high school, a big anxiety had was around body image. I, I never had that really ideal body type in high school. Unfortunately, now there's a lot of influencers out there that are promoting all different body types. And if I had have had that back then, I think I would have felt a little bit more safe and included in different like photos and that kind of stuff. So high school, I would over-exercise. I would do calorie counting, all that kind of stuff. Um, but now today I'm like, you know what? I don't have enough time to worry about that just based on what I am doing and wanting to actually take care of myself. So the reason why I exercise is because it allows me to decompress so much. For me, I don't do yoga. I do HIIT workouts because obviously when you're in a HIIT workout, you're only focused on, oh my God, is this going to be over? Like, this is literally so hard. You're only focused on like surviving the workout rather than actually, um, thinking of anything else. So that's why I invest like around 30 to 40 minutes, like four to five times a week doing HIIT workouts because it allows me to clear my mind. And then also, again, I am getting better at going out for walks at least like a couple times a day because that allows me to decompress. Basically anywhere that doesn't involve a screen allows me to feel a lot better. And especially during the pandemic, that separation from my screen has allowed me to really feel better and with my health. I can totally, totally relate to just wanting to crank the music and go for a drive. And yeah, I think the separation from the screen is so important, especially during this pandemic. So I have one last question for you that I like to ask all of my guests and I'm excited to get your take on it. So many young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world. What advice would you most want to share with these people who may not know where or maybe how to get started? Yeah, I think the first thing in terms of getting started, um, a lot of us are limited by our own thinking. Um, that is probably the biggest limitation one will ever experience is their own thinking. And so a lot of what comes with thinking about like putting themselves out there, making change is the fear of being judged. I experience this all the time. Even when I like make a social media post about like something inspirational or whatnot, or even putting out a podcast, I get scared of what other people are going to think like that. Obviously that fear doesn't fully go away, but however, how I frame judgment is that judgment is simply perspective. Like it's nothing more than someone else's perspective. And the fact of the matter is you can't change someone's view of you, no matter what it is you do. 
even my coach said, Haley, you can do five things or 50 million things, and you will not be able to change someone's mind unless they choose to. So what I have learned is that judgment has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the other person. So that has been a lot more relieving and freeing for me, letting that go, letting judgments and criticisms go because, you know, I can't control it. It has nothing to do with me. It's their problem, not mine. And that's not going to hold me back from pursuing what I want to do. So I guess that's like the first component is like overcoming that fear of judgment and acknowledging that that really has nothing to do with you. It really is a reflection of the other person. And oftentimes those people are in pain when they experience judgment and criticism. And so the second thing is what I have done personally is having a ton of conversations, like conversations with people from various backgrounds, um, various works and fields of study has allowed me to figure out what it is that I want to do and how I can enact that change. Like, um, especially with my book, like writing my book, I had over 20 different conversations with people and how I could convey that, you know, you can live an authentic life and to live an authentic life, you will experience happiness and success. So having conversations with people who say, if you want to get involved in environmentalism, speaking of, um, (laughs) say, if you want to get involved in environmentalism, find people on social media, if that's accessible to you, or if it's not on social media, maybe like in your class or on campus or wherever you're situated, whatever communities you are situated in, and reach out to them. Ask them the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the questions because at the end of the day, the worst they can do is ghost you or just say, I don't have time. And that really doesn't have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with them. So yeah, overcoming that fear of judgment, reaching out, having questions, and having those really deep conversations can guide you on the path to where you're meant to go because people are, have so much knowledge. Like I have talked to people who have various knowledge and different things that I wouldn't have otherwise known had I not had that conversation with them. And so I think that having conversations with as many people as you can in very meaningful ways will allow you to make that impact that you want to make. I really enjoyed my conversation with Haley because I really think she recognizes that change comes when you consciously make an effort. Whether you want to make change in your country, your community, or even within yourself, you have to work to make that change. But I also think Haley does a great job at recognizing that at the end of the day, the work you're doing needs to be fulfilling to you. And if it isn't, maybe you should reevaluate or try something else. There is a balance to be struck between working hard and caring for yourself because, as Haley's coach told her, change comes when you rest in the knowledge that you are enough. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Haley on Instagram at Haley Rogers with three Ds. And you can find the link to her website with more information about her book, her podcast, and all of her work in the description of this episode. If you want to talk to me about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.